Microphone test, one, two, three, one, two, three. What's up, Radmeisters, and welcome to Rad on the new Rad platform. Yes, with your hosts, Jesse Drackman and Jake Reedy, we're bringing the radness to you every Saturday morning from 8 a.m. This morning, we're a little bit late, and we apologize for that delay in transmission. Someone slept in and forgot to schedule the episode. Oops, my bad. That's okay. We're moving on. We're building a bridge and getting over it. If you have a problem and you uh, want to have a whinge, dial triple O and call a wambulance. That usually works. Now, onto the show. Enjoy this episode. It's a good one. It's long. It's epic. It's rad. How you doing, man? Good, good, good. Just uh, finished dinner. It's a lot of Was it a... Uh... What body part did you mutilate? Oh, it was a turkey. Like, yeah. Ah. All of the turkey. <laughs> All of the turkey. Yeah. Ah. yeah. Brilliant. Well, my friends. So Didn't stand we... a chance. No, not, not a hope in hell. Not against your ravenous, carnivorous boy. Well, you know, there was three of us, so. Ah. Go team. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that so bird he, is done. <laughs> the bird is dead. The bird is dead, dude. So, uh, man, th- this is new and exciting. Um, this is like a, an extension of the new, the new chapter that is the new channel of Rad. So, this is the the Freaky Friday. I'm psyched. I'm I'm very Pumped. psyched. Um, um, yeah. It's like you know. So so we've officially just got like this whole episode to talk about horror which is kind of our thing so I'm, yeah I'm down dude. For it. this is good i'm i'm feeling good man this is uh the future looks bright and i gotta wear the shades so i'm wearing shades <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah, sunglasses dude. at night you're going you're going cory hart style on us yeah pretty much dude i think that's uh, appropriate so um yeah everything everything's good everything's great everything's horrifically awesome in your world yeah, um, I can't complain. I, I could complain, but hey, who the fuck wants to hear it? That's cool. <laughs> hey, uh, in in horror related uh, comic book news, um, I've recently read Little Monsters. Have you read that? I've got the first issue, but I haven't read it yet. It's great. It's it awesome. looks it looks very cool. It's I I enjoyed it immensely. I got the first issue myself. And um, I was a happy little nerd. So, uh, yeah, it was I, a good time. I, I just got something unbelievably cool last week. Do tell. In terms of uh, comics and horror and horror comics. and, and I like that. We, we keep, we're keeping it the subject matter. Um, so I nabbed a hardcover that has Ooh. been... It's the first time it's been put into print for ever and a day, and it's the original. You're exciting me. It's yeah. the original first ever comic adaption of Dracula that was done in creepy, like a hundred fucking years ago, in like the sixties or seventies. You're fucking kidding me. No, dude, it is so unbelievably fucking awesome. It's got this absolutely sweet. Frank Frazetta Dracula painting for the cover. 
Um, it's got an intro by Christopher Lee, uh, like a big Dracula essay that Christopher Lee wrote before he passed. Um, and yeah, it's all the original black and white creepy adaption of Dracula. It's like the first ever, as far as I know, as far as I'm aware, if the back cover is to be believed, mm. it's the first adaption of Dracula that was ever done for comics. And it's dude, fucking is glorious, fucking man. It's Oh, dude, it was so, so worth the bucks. Like, yeah, it yeah. was, it's very cool. And I don't think, again, if the back cover is to be believed, it hasn't been in print for decades. Um, and yeah, this is just a new printing done uh, last year. I think I ordered it like last year. So damn. Yeah, dude, it's fucking nice. Oh, I'm so happy for you, man. That's fucking exciting. Fuck. Mm. Oh, man. Pumped. Pumped. That's good. Oh, dude, it's really fucking nice. It's just like, it's. Like, yeah. I mean, look, so, there, there have been better. I'm sure there have been better. Oh, look, and, and there more, in, there's know, interpretations galore, right? But, like, you know, to have the first ever comic adaption of Dracula, like, even well, as reprint is, like, it. fucking cool. It doesn't <laughs> it's, matter. Like, really cool. Yeah, that's... And it doesn't matter what what follows afterwards. It's like this is where it began. This is where yeah, exactly. the, the idea. Hey, let's adapt one of the most iconic fucking novels of all time and turn it into a comic book. Ah, uh, hello, that is brilliance. Well, and I don't think I mean back back in the day, man. Like especially when when creepy and everything was running. Mm. It's like that was around the sixties. Yeah, it would have been. Uh, you know, it could have even been the 50s, man, because right, I, I gotcha. know, like, all the EC stuff sort of really kicked into high gear in the 50s yeah, and shit. But, gotcha. like, you know, there weren't, there weren't a whole lot of comic movie adaptions back then. Like, they, they, yeah. they weren't, you know, there, there weren't as many as there are nowadays, that's for sure. Yeah. That's fucking cool as fuck, dude. Um, staying with the Dracula theme, uh, I don't know... You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you've got it yourself, but I picked up issue one of the new brand new series, Loaded Bible. I have not got it. I read, man, I read the original one shot for that like fucking years ago. Is it good? It was fun and crazy and just like, okay, it's Jesus versus vampires. That's Dude, fucking well, weird. <laughs> it, it, this basically picks up where that, wherever that left off and yeah. we have a clone version of Jesus. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I have my reservations. I think it could be legit. <laughs> but anyway, it, it's the, the introduction prior to reading the comic is, is great because it, you know, for a novice like me that doesn't know anything about the story arc, it just really explains how they just went into that biblical research you know research of the um you know all top topics uh, relevant to it and yeah. just just created this fucking storyline where dracula is reigns over all with his church of evil and uh and meanwhile jesus is the friggin yeah the, the rebel without you know the rebel with the cause trying to or rebel you know, with the cross yeah, exactly. But there's so many cool little biblical references. And whilst I don't know the Bible in explicit detail, there was one really cool moment where he turns water to wine. And I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah. So, yes, it gets the big tick for me. I thought it was uh, a, a pleasant is that, start. Is that Tim Seeley writing? Uh, 
I want to say yes. The yeah, name rings a bell. I, I, I'm I pretty say yes. sure he wrote the original because, like, yeah, because I think I think that's why I picked up the original because of the Hack Slash connection. Because I mm. fucking love Hack Slash. Oh, dude. Yeah, th- we have to have a discussion about Hack Slash in oh, the future. Dude, like, yeah, I I fucking adore that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I have dated someone that was in the back of Hack Slash as a cosplayer for Cassie. Oh, yes. That's brilliant. And, and um, yeah, we actually got a signed comic from Tim Seeley for Damn. the photos, which that was is, pretty fucking rad. And a, rad. a Cassie sketch. So oh, oh. I'll have to dig up the photos and send them to you. Please. Um, well... Man, Loaded Bible, if uh, if anyone is curious, is a great read. Well worth the bucks. The artwork is beautiful. The gore, fantastic. Uh, story, good, compelling. I, I think, it, you know, for a five-part miniseries, go for it. There's no no loss involved. I finished reading, um, speaking of horror comics, I finished reading uh, World of Darkness, Crimson Thor this week. Good. Oh, Dude, um, man, like, because I, I've never played Vampire the Masquerade. Like, I always loved it. Like, it I was, lo- I, dude, don't I, get me started. Oh, uh, dude, like, I used to, I had all the like the novels that were based on White Wolf stuff. Like, yeah, the, the right. actual novels. Yeah. Um, I had the guidebooks because I loved Tim Bradstreet's art, so I brought the them art for that. Is so good. Even though I never fucking played, like, I never played Vampire the Mask. I never did any of the role-playing. Like, I was so in love with everything about that world. And the comics have just been fucking great. And, again, Tim Seeley writing them. But, um, well, Crimson Crimson Thor actually follows on from the 12-issue Vampire the Masquerade comic that he did last year. And it actually brings in a whole bunch of stuff from Werewolf the Apocalypse. And, you know, anyone who's listened to this podcast for more than 10 seconds knows what I'm like with werewolf stuff. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that was a big old fuck yeah from me. Um, and, yeah, dude, really good. It's only a three-issue mini, but fuck, man, they pack a lot of story into it. Fuck yeah, dude. That's cool. Man, I'll, the, I'll, I'll the, art, the art's great. Like, yeah. Yeah, the art's good. Cool. Well, I'll, I will tell you quickly, um, my Vampire the Masquerade background is I I did used to role play. Um, not not uh, live role play, but um, I played the yeah, the nerdy role play in the in the dark room with the candles lit with my oh, dude, mates. I always I always wanted to get into it, but dude. I never knew people that were into it, like where I was living at the time, oh. like no one was into it. It was the like, best fun. I mean, in, 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 in fuck, fuck, man, back in the 90s, it's like, I didn't even know anyone that fucking played Dungeons and Dragons. And now it's like every time I turn around, someone's playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm like, what the fuck did yeah. this happen? <laughs> like, but it was, it seemed like such more of a rebellious, like, I, I don't know, like a, a teen rebellion thing to do. Like, I don't know, escapism in its finest. But Vampire the Masquerade was so cool because we would crank uh, the Dracula movie soundtrack in the yeah. background interview with the vampire. So we had the essential soundtracks um, playing in the background whilst we played the game. And the game was just fucking amazing, dude. Like, Oh dude. Yeah. See, that's the thing, man. Like I was so fucking into it and mm. like, I was into everything, but I never actually got to play the game. Like I had, I had like the two soundtracks that they did for it, like music from the succubus club. Yeah. Right. Um, Sweet. Which had like a absolute fucking Belter of a version of Cry Little Sister by Carfax Abbey on there. Nice. Which 
if anyone ever wants to track it down, make sure you track down the version that's from Music from the Succubus Club, not the version that's on Carfax Abbey's It Screams Disease album, because it's a good version, but it's not as good as the one from Vampire the Masquerade. Pro tip. Um, good pro tip. <laughs> but yeah, man, like I, I had so much stuff. Like I fucking, because I, I loved Kindred the Embraced, like the, oh, the TV series, yeah, dude. Like it, it was, was so. We we got it. We got to talk. We, about well, yeah, that there, there is a discussion in our future. That that show was great and so short lived, sadly. Yeah, that very I mean, sad. I, I know, I know, like it's not. I've I've heard some purists hang shit on it because it's not as you know faithful yeah. to the role playing game as it could have been. And but it's yes, an interpretation. It's, well, that's the thing, man. It was the 90s. It's essentially kind of Melrose Place with fangs, but yeah. it's still really fucking good. Yeah, um, exactly. And, yeah, I just... Yeah, man, uh, Vampire the Masquerade, just fucking great. Great. Yeah, all the way, such, man. Such, and... such a great world that, like, Mark Reinhagen built and everything, yeah. man. Like, just so fucking cool. And I love the Nosferatu uh, clan. Just, oh, yeah. Uh, just, it was so, was always... so well... I was always a gangrel kind of guy. Gangrels are cool too, man. Fucking love that shit. And and the Toreadors. Yeah. 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 Like, it, I, I was always a gangrel guy because, like, you know, they were sort of more closely uh, aligned with the werewolves and, you know, they had that whole biker aesthetic. And it was, yeah, that was, they, so, they, they, they so were kind of the rebel within the rebels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's the thing. Everyone had their, their clan that they could go to, you know, and uh, that that's what made it such a unique world to, you know, made it attractive for people to, you know, get into when, uh, yeah, man, yeah. yeah, it's kind it of was... cool. Like it's blown up, you know, it's, it's got its own life now, man. I just, I really feel like there needs to be a revival of it cinematically or something. Cause I, I know like, and we can get into this at some later point, but no, absolutely. I know underworld got sued to fuckery for basically ripping off world of darkness <laughs> Yeah, um, which you can tell, and uh, look, I like Underworld, but it's like, uh, you know, when you know what it's kind of ripping off, it's like this could have been so much more. It's yeah, it, it's kind of that you, you kind of cringe, like oh, yeah, it's yeah. like oh, you you almost had it, like you know, it's like I, I I like I said, I do like Underworld. It's one of my sort of guilty pleasure franchises. Oh. Not as not as much as Resident Evil. Like I fucking adore Resident Evil. It's so just fun and stupid yeah but with underworld it's like you you look I, I just look at it man and i think like fuck why didn't you just do world of darkness like you could have done yeah. so much more with this and you just didn't and it just I, I look at it and i'm just like oh you're almost there i'm sure somewhere out there in the ether in the ether of hollywood there is a screenplay or two or three floating around being pitched around Bounced around every periodical, time, you know, year or so by various people going, yeah, I'll take a crack at it. Eh, bow. Crash and burn. Oh, there fucking should be. If there's not, yeah. there should be. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's one of those things, man. But, um, yeah, definitely, definitely vampire masquerade discussion on the cards, man. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, big time, dude. <laughs> I love it. But th th this is an exciting platform for us because th this, uh, this picks up where Freaky Flicks left off and just go for gold on our, on all of our favorite horror stuff. So, yeah, it's a, it's a happy place for us to... Oh, uh, fuck, fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah. A, a happy <laughs> extension. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, dude, and at the time of this recording, um, it's kind of past tense, future tense, however tense you want to look at it. But the Wednesday that on this episode has just gone, uh, that Happy Days episode, I've just done a, a lovely chat with one of my dearest friends, Dennis from the States, who is a ghost hunter. Oh, rad. Yeah, it's fucking rad. So... Uh, definitely check that episode out because we have a really rad chat about Fuck yeah. all things paranormal. Uh, and I've known him for a long time. He's ex-Special Forces and I know he ain't a bullshitter. Mm. He doesn't have a bullshit bone in his body. And I can tell you now, man, I've seen it firsthand when I was with him in the States. And he, yeah, he has seen some spooky shit. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that we have this discussion that gets deep into his um upcoming show that he's about to start called um shadow prowlers is fucking great um Fuck yeah man. yeah it's really cool and uh yeah shout out to homie dennis man it's fucking yeah it's cool because I, I i always because I, I mean i fucking love that shit like i yeah i love all those like paranormal most haunted fucking things and mm. the the thing i kind of personally because i i'm not gonna like 100 percent say that i believe in that stuff but i'm not gonna 100 percent say that i don't like i'm mm. very open-minded about it but there's always like you can always tell the ones where they're kind of full of shit and you can yeah. always tell the ones where you're like you're listening to the story and you're kind of getting drawn into it and you're kind of going i think there's something to this you know yeah, like there's 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 always those ones where it's like you can't just write it off as oh this is fucking bullshit this is made yeah. up rah rah rah. I mean you you can always tell the ones that can because it's always like some guy from fucking the middle of Arkansas with you know one tooth that's like you know yeah. I, I, I got I got abducted and they did yeah. sexual experiments on me and you know I have a seat sleep paralysis demon that you know sticks its finger on my butt every night and so you just like you just you know you just going you sure you do sure you do pal sure you do buddy yeah. <laughs> like, but you know man there's always those ones every now and then where you're just like oh okay like mm. i kind of i mm. don't know mm. well yeah he's um he's one of those guys because he um he him and his uh two of his childhood friends um they, they both you know share the same beliefs they invested you know, a whole bunch of money, got some really cool paranormal uh, hunting equipment. And, you know, I've heard some of the uh, recordings and, the, yeah, oh, dude, the crazy EVP, shit. The EVP yeah. shit, that fucking oh, freaks dude, the fuck out of me. Like, he, he played, he's played me some stuff and it is fucking <sighs> spine-tingling, dude. Oh, so, um, the thing is... like the, I, I used to watch, like, um, you know that movie White Noise with Michael Keaton? Yeah, yeah. Love that flick, freaks the fuck out of me. But the special features on it, where like you've got the guys that are like EVP experts and they're playing that shit back, I'm just like, I watched that not once and it was enough for me. I'm just like, yeah. nope, 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 nope. Um, nope. Yeah, I think this shit's cool, but I don't need to be scared fucking shitless tonight. Uh, Thank you very much. No, definitely not. Um, no, the with with Shadow Prowlers, um, you know they they investigate. And as Dennis explains, you know, the the ghosts that, you know, we think are out there, they're not quite the ghosts that these guys hunt. They're, they're, you know, they're kind of like 
they're not like physical apparitions or you know mists that form you know beings or anything like that it's 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 like a presence it's an yeah. energy you know you feel it and I, you know I, i'll go out on a limb and say i've experienced some of those moments myself you know um down in Port Arthur in Tasmania in haunted locations, uh, you know, uh, Hiroshima in Japan, you know, I, I have experienced this shit and it's out there and it's real. So. That's the funny thing, man. I, I always like, I talk myself out of shit like that because it's like, mm. I have had moments where I've like felt like just, you know, you're alone in a corridor somewhere at yeah. work or something like that. Yeah. And you just feel really uncomfortable and freaked yeah. out. And like you just you just feel something in the air, but I always just talk myself out of it and just go, "You're a fucking idiot. You've watched too many horror movies. You're just fucking. It's like <laughs> one in the, it's one in the morning. You're here by yourself. Like you're in a fucking giant shopping center alone or whatever. Like you know, you're just freaking yourself out. Stop it. Stop being a dickhead. Like don't go into the fucking underground car park." at four in the morning at night alone listening to Coyle's unused theme from Hellraiser because of course it's going to freak you out. You're a dickhead, Jake. Shut up. <laughs> but, oh. you, know, you kind of think about it later, man, and you're like, okay, was there something like, you know, you sort of, you, you, I don't know. I, like I said, man, I keep an open mind about this shit and I yeah, just yeah. kind of like, you, you sort of find yourself wondering like, oh, is there something to that? Like, did you just talk yourself out of something or were you genuinely kind of experiencing something a little bit freaky? And it's like, yeah, I guess mm. we'll never know, but mm. you know, maybe your shopping center was built on a, like a, uh, I don't know, dead body reservation or something like uh, just dude, My work you know, is probably built on dead bogans or something like that. Yeah, probably, man. <laughs> probably. They steamrolled them and buried them and then burned them and then buried them again. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But I, I, do, I, I do think, I do think like, you know, talking, talking myself out of that sort of shit is like a, almost like a safety mechanism. <laughs> so I don't like, you know, poo myself. Oh man, for sure. For sure. Um, hey, before we get into this week's debut topic, well, this, de- this debut episode's topic, um, quick plug for uh, Saturday. Yeah. Pretty exciting, huh? Dude, I'm I'm kind of blown away by it. And, um, yeah, quietly kind of shitting myself. It's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get that vibe that everyone's shitting themselves. I'm probably the only one that's, like, super chilled about. I'm like, yeah, it'll be fine. I mean, I have no idea what I'm talking about or anything, but hey, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's cool. It's it's really so, cool. And for, ev- everyone's just been like, holy shit. And um, it's yeah, gonna, like t- it's Kilmer right. Partners might be coming along. So I don't want definitely is. So yeah, yeah I'll, ha- I'll have my cheer squad there. So, oh, that's good, man. That's good. And ho- hopefully by the end of the panel, they don't just like, you know, hang their heads in shame and walk away going, we're not actually with them. <laughs> no, it, it'll be fine. Um, th- for those listening that are in the not, you know, completely oblivious to what we're talking yeah, about, we, going, we what are, the fuck are they on? Yeah, what are, what are these guys wobbling about? Um, <laughs> Jake and me are going to be live in person appearing as part of the guest panel for Oz Comic Con's homegrown special this weekend at the Brisbane Convention Center. Um, if you haven't got tickets, do it. Because it's just a nerd paradise. Uh, and, yeah, we 
you know, being writers of this amazing show that um, that's debuting hopefully this year, um, we'll be part of a panel discussing the Obscure Files. Yeah, it'll be very, very cool. So yeah. you can ask us all the, you know, wanky writer questions like, you know, where do you get your ideas? And, you know, <laughs> I watch what have you got planned for future episodes? It's like, yeah. oh, I've actually, I've actually started planning um, – Speaking of writing stuff for it, I've actually yeah. started planning my uh, second solo episode. I've got it sort Damn. of slightly mapped out at the moment, so it's going to be you're, cool. You're like full steam ahead, dude. I'm, I'm still like, I'm still trying to finish my episode. Yeah. Oh, well, I see. Uh, I, I, I did a rewrite for Kim on the pilot, and yeah. um, like you know, just punched punched up a few bits on that that she wanted me to do, and then I fi- mm-hmm. finished my first episode. So I'm like. Yeah, I've just been waiting around for sort of like, I'm like, oh, well, I'm kind of like, I've got one in the bank, so I'm good. And then I'm yeah. like, drunk on an idea the other day. I'm like, nice. oh, yeah, I could do that. So I just sort of started jotting down some notes for um, for my, my next episode. And I it's it's going to be pretty cool. I get to exercise a few exercise a few demons and do Lovely. a little bit of writerly therapy and uh, do a bit of a Nightmare on Elm Street homage while I'm going. I'm digging this, man. I'm, and I, I'm totally introducing a what I hope will be a recurring character because I, um, I'm not giving too much away, but I, I had a, I had a little idea and ran it past Kim, and I was like, so you know how I'm like a big John Constantine fan, so I've got an idea, <laughs> and Kim's like, yeah, go for it. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking writing the shit out of this dude, and hopefully he's going to be a recurring character. <laughs> That's freaking rad, man. And and Kim, our amazing director, she'll be the the I guess the, the the main focus of the panel discussion, um, we're talking about the obscure files, but also her debut directorial movie Bike Club as well. So, um, and as she should be, like, yeah, yeah, you, you, dude. Any, anyone that's listening needs to, you know, give give Kim a bunch of great questions and some praise because she's I a very so. very talented lady. It's gonna be great, and and um, I'll be helping to steer the ship as the MC of the event. So. What can possibly go wrong? <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll be the guy in the cherry red Converse trying not to swear. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have some well, fun. I've never, done a, I've never done a panel before, man. So I'm just like, oh fuck! Like, and I'm so used to like the podcasts where it's like we can say whatever the fuck we want. So I'm just like, oh shit! That's like there could be children present. I better like try and tone it down a little bit. Like, well, you listen, know, look, there's a the first time for be, everything, kids. Don't so. be such a potty mouth. Jay, yeah, for once yeah. in your life, like, well, you know, we'll we'll be right, we'll be right. We we've got this, man. We got this. It's gonna be fun, and um, and I'm gonna be getting nerdy on the Sunday. So um, yeah, I'll be doing my own friggin' panel myself, me myself and I talking about freak productions and the journey and stuff. Well, and I I should probably talk about something too. Um, since it's it's actually going to be happening. And by the time this episode comes out, I will have announced it. So, um, yeah. So, uh, you're actually an alien. No, 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 I I wish, man. (laughs) Okay. Just check. I did. If there were chests to burst out of, trust me, I've got a fucking list. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, no, sorry. Sorry. Continue. What what is your uh, big announcement? Um, uh, well, I'm or, actually, or a hint. 
I'm actually a no. <laughs> I'm actually a vampire. No, <laughs> I'm not. I knew I'm it. Not. I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish. Because I could totally do the whole live at night and you know kill people for food thing. I, I'm I'm okay with that. Like there would be no. I would not be an angsty existential vampire. Um, no. Uh, so if anyone remembers way back when I did my very first podcast with the Drac Man on Happy Days, and we talked about a little thing called cigarettes and silver bullets, which is a phenomenal fucking idea. Uh, which is my big werewolf epic film script. Um, well, it's not going to be a film. But it no. is going to be a comic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah. By the time this episode comes out, I'll probably have announced it uh, everywhere that's worth listening. But uh, yeah, Adam Rose Ooh. and I are going full steam ahead with the comic for Cigarettes yeah. and Silver Bullets. Um, I got a bunch of character designs and stuff that I'm going to be posting up as a bit of a preview. Yeah, and yeah, we're basically our plan is to finish the entire comic, whether it's going to be a twelve issue run or just a couple of big motherfucking graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're going to get those finished, and then we're going to do a Kickstarter to pay for like printing costs and a letterer and stuff like that. We've got a letterer lined up. Uh, guy awesome. that Adam knows. Awesome. And um, yeah, it's uh, so basically, you know, once we get the funds through from Kickstarter and everything, the comic will already basically be finished, so we can get it out pretty quick. So th- that's <clears throat> that's really interesting, man. Because I'm still on the fence about the whole Kickstarter thing, man. Um, I mean, we're we're completely off topic right now, but whatever. We'll, um, we'll get back to it. <laughs> yeah, we, we will. always do. We'll be back after this commercial break. Um, so Kickstarter, like what? Like you're pro Kickstarter, I'm not against or for it. I'm just kind of like, you know, as I'll explain at my panel on Freak Productions Day, I I just went down a completely different route altogether See, of my I'm own. Not, and I'm not yeah. for it or against it. I've never used it. Same. Um, I've never I, used it, and I've found a lot of. I can see the cons for it because I know a lot of people that like, you know put money in for stuff but never mm. get anything back and yeah. that's why we sort of figured like i mean i've never used kickstarter because i just think like i don't know that many people that like me that would like me enough to give me money um <laughs> i feel yeah I, it's, it's, it's it's my it's it's my own horrible self-esteem working against me but i'm just like nobody likes me nobody's gonna give me money to do shit what am i who am i fucking kidding but like the thing you. is I'll, I'll give you i'll give you a dollar maybe two <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, you know, man, just take that out of like 50 bucks a week that I pay you for friendship money. Yeah, okay. We'll, right. we'll call it even. All right, um, square. But I sort of think like, the I think the way we're doing it is probably the way it should be done where it's like, if you can get enough of what you're trying to fund done, which is, you know, it, admittedly, if it was a movie would be really fucking hard. Mm. Um but, like, if it's a book or a comic, like, if you can get enough stuff done where you're basically just, like, trying to collect cash to pay for, like, printing it, yeah, then, you know, you can you can basically, like, when you get that, like, say it's 500 bucks in, you can just go straight to the printer, print it off, and then it's like, okay, yep, we can send it out now. It's all good. Um, which is kind of the approach we're taking where it's like, you know, we we want to get absolutely everything we can done on this so that, it's pretty much done when we go out with our hats in our hands 
And so it's like, if we get the cash, you know, then we can just go, all right, cool guys. Like we hit our goal. You'll have your comic in, you know, a fortnight or a month, maybe tops Mm. rather than, you know, some of these projects where it's like, oh yeah, donate to us. And you know, when we're done, we'll send you a fucking signed script or some shit like that, where it's like two years later, they're just going, okay, where is it? Mm. Yeah. that That's where I'm sort of like on the fence about the whole thing. Like, you know, I've seen, I've seen Kickstarter and I just see all these reward tiers and I just see, you know, said artists having to keep, you know, a lot of upkeep going on, you know, uh, interaction with, the people and stuff and i i just find yeah. like it's a very commitment based exercise to raise that cash which oh yeah it's not a bad thing it's just you've got to work really hard to get your money yeah that's how i feel so. yeah 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 i, I totally agree man because i mean i see so many campaigns where it's like they start off strong but you know they kind of falter and mm. you know people just don't have the time to like devote to the upkeep of their campaign yeah and that, um, that's where i feel like uh i, I don't know I've, I've just seen like for example some of the comic ones where it's like uh you know if you donate this kind of level of tier you'll get this the x y and z um you know and half the shits i don't know like for me i i, I go well I can't promise that I'll have that cover style done or anything like that. Mm. If that makes any sense anyway. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think think the way I sort of want to look at it is like essentially like you're pre-ordering the graphic novel or the comic. Yeah. Like that's, that's the way I sort of want to look at it. Whereas it's like, you know, okay, if you give me 30 bucks, you will get the full cigarettes and silver bullets graphic novel delivered to your door when it's done. Um, See, I like you, that. You know, whereas, like, if you give me 40 bucks, um, you know, we'll send you the graphic novel and an original sketch or something like that. Like, yeah. that's just for you or something or a, song, a, a, a copy of the original film script or something yeah. like that. So you can compare, like, oh, I wonder what the fuck they cut out of the comic mm. um, or something like that, you know, where it's like you're basically pre-ordering it and if you kick in a little bit more you get like the deluxe edition with special features or some shit like that or you know if we could get some posters done up or something because i mean adam's art's fucking amazing like he's really fucking good yeah so i'm I'm really yeah Yeah, it's it's gonna look sick dude and um yeah i i think uh shit man i think i i've read the script and i i think man it's some of the ideas are just fucking just mind-bogglingly cool. I love it. It's yeah, super rad. Well, and I'm, yeah. I'm actually looking at doing a little bit of a rewrite on the script because it's like since it's a comic, I can go a little bit more in-depth with a few things and a little yeah. bit more cr- – like because, you know, there's, a, there's the comic – the script at the moment because it was written for a film gets to a certain point and mm. then, like, you know, there's a little bit of a time jump to sort of get us to the finale. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I'm like, well, if we're doing a comic, it's not like I have to particularly, you know, be mindful of time constraints or anything. I can, you know, flesh that time jump out a bit more and, you know, throw yeah. a bit more, bit more fun and action and craziness into it. So... Yeah, it's it's fun, man. I'm really fucking psyched. Like I've been a comic fan yeah. for years, so it's like you know the idea of actually producing one is 
really fucking cool. And yeah, dude, the, yeah. the cool thing is too, it's like, I get to do whatever the fuck I want. Like I, I it's not, that's it's not like, a, that's the thing that <laughs> it's so fucking fun because it's like, I don't have to worry about, you know, fucking, Oh, we don't have the budget for this or, yeah. you know, oh, I can't do that. Or, you know, we, with those, there's no special effects that are, you know, available to do that sort of thing or mm. whatever. I don't have to worry about like a studio or an editor, like cutting shit out or anything like that. It's just like, it's like I can actually put the story out there unfiltered into the world the way I want it to be. Yeah. Pretty, and that's the pretty fucking part. neat. Yeah. yeah man. I, I can, I can vouch for that speaking from experience, man. And it's, it's the best feeling. I mean, there is method to the madness of having an editor and, and, you know, cut and splice and all that sort of jazz, but oh, absolutely. But you know, like when you, when you're doing it on your own, dude, I think it's the best way to learn the ropes yourself. And, you know, I, I don't believe there's anything as a real as a mistake. I think it's just, you just evolve and improve with uh, every creation. Well, that's the thing, man. And it's like, you know, film, filmmaking is such a sort of committee. And I love filmmaking, but it's such a committee-based kind of thing because it's like everyone wants to have their input and you know everyone wants to kind of like you know oh maybe you should cut this out maybe you should cut that out you know this doesn't work in the script and that and it's like you know it's not arrogance it's just like i know cigarettes and silver bullets is good and i know i know the weak spots and i know what i need to work on in fixing it before we like produce the comic yeah but it's like it's so cool to be able to put this out there and not have a producer going, Oh, it's, it's too long. You need to like cut all this stuff out and, you know, get rid of this subplot and get rid of that subplot and get rid of this character moment and, you know, move to the action quicker and all that sort of shit. Mm. It's like, it's just going to be so nice to just be able to put something that I love out there yeah. just in its pure kind of unfiltered form. It is the best feeling. And, um, yeah, man, best of luck with it, man. I, honestly, I think I think you'll do great. And uh, Yeah, well, by, yeah, like I said, by, by the time this episode drops, there'll be artwork and stuff like that on the interwebs. Awesome. For, uh, people to check out. Excitables. You'll be hearing more about this in future episodes, <laughs> boys and girls. Oh, yeah. Cool, man. So let's get into it, dude. So I, I'm excited, man. We're, the, Freaky Friday is, is our additional thing that we're doing together and talking about all things horror which we've been doing um already so let's add to it and talk about the movie of topic that we're going to talk about indeed and actually this movie kind of filters into what we're talking about with creating comics and stuff like that because this movie did kind of get fucked with a bit when it first came out Oh, do tell. Well, let's get into it. Um, I, I no, let's just let's just not let anyone know what the actual movie is and let them guess it by the end. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, that's me, terrible. Let me preface this. Let me preface this and say that um, you know, talk about acts of kindness, which is totally unrelated to horror. But Jake Reedy, you are one of the best human beings that I know because you. That's, kindness, that's up for debate. Well, look, <laughs> depending uh, on who you ask. Of course, you do pay me a you know friendship fee and stuff. So I well, guess you know you, you have to say this. It's in the contract. Yeah. But um, you, out of the kindness of your black soul, send me this this wonderful package filled with all these beautiful goodies, and it just touched my black heart. Um, 
I was so happy. I was just like, what the fuck? This is like Christmas on steroids, dude. Um, and I won't go into graphic detail of the content, but there was DVDs and comic books, but there was this one little gem hiding in there. And it was this particular Was movie. it the vibrating butt plug? Well, that was an added Because that, that actually wasn't meant to go in the box. That was Right. Mine. Okay. Along with the Antonio Banderas blow-up doll? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could mm. send those back, dude, All I would right. be really grateful because I've been it. missing them. It's, okay. It's been a lonely couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll um I'll uh fix up some of the the tape on the uh, some of the holes and I'll uh, send it express post first thing in the morning. Oh, they they were already in there. But if if, if you want to fix them up, before you send it back. Go well, I'll just have a little play of it, and you know, you know. Well, you know what? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You, you've got to blow up Antonio Banderas doll. You bite it on the back of the neck and scrub yeah. it and all that sort of yeah. stuff. You know yeah. how it is. Yeah. <laughs> shit, shit gets crazy sometimes. Shit gets wild. What can I say? Yeah. Um, so dude, back on topic. Yeah, back on topic. Uh, <laughs> dude, I, I checked out this little gem of a movie that was hidden amongst it. And uh, I'd, I'd heard about it on uh, the Boo Crew bod- podcast that, I friggin' loved it because I love the Boo Crew. They're great. And um, they, are. they talked about this movie with the director and it was just fucking rad. I loved it. Um, it was just, yeah, it was just one of them. I couldn't believe that it was part of what you sent me and it was so exciting. And uh, I was so happy to watch it. And um, director well, my- Gregory Plotkin kicked a massive goal in my book. Well, the thing with this movie, and we'll, we'll get to it, is that I blind brought this movie yonks ago because I watched a trailer and I was like, this looks fucking great. And it had Tony Todd in it and it was set at Halloween and I'm all about Halloween. I'm constantly, I love Halloween, so I'm yeah. constantly on the search for Halloween set movies to add to my Halloween collection. Um, so I watched this and I was like, this movie is fucking great why the fuck don't more people know about it? So ever since that day, it has been my personal mission in life or one of them to get this movie out to as many people as possible. Like, and I got a shit ton of copies of it uh, last year during a sale and it was going really, really cheap. So I brought shitloads of it. I've given away copies at Halloween to older kids, like kids that are like, you know, over 15 and stuff like yeah. that. Any parents that come over with their kids, like they get a boot. Like we do boo bags at Halloween that we That's stuff for. That's freaking dude. Well, we do, we do it for the kids, man. Like, and we'll get like 50 bags and we'll stuff them with like comics, um, cheap copies of movies, DVDs and stuff like that. Like, you know, Scooby-Doo and stuff like that for the little yeah, kids. Yeah you know, uh, Lost Boys and sort of older stuff like that, Monster Squad and shit like that for, like, older the kids. The Essentials, you know, yeah. You know, m- more of the R-rated sort of fare and stuff for any parents. Um, and we'll stuff it with, like, comics, DVDs, um, any, you know, cool toys or something that we pick up cheap, balloons, yep. you know, little Halloween knickknacks like fangs and stuff like that, chocolate and everything, and we hand them out every year. But this movie has been become a staple of our Halloween handouts and also to anyone I know that I like that's into horror, like gets a copy of this movie as well. Cause it's like, this movie's fucking great and more people need to see it. And yeah, that's why we are talking about Hellfest. Fuck yeah. Hellfest. A movie, uh, American 
slasher film set in Halloween, as you described it, um, set around amusement parks with this serial killer called The Other that stalks uh, teenagers. Fucking right. And, like, I, before we get into it, I fucking want that theme park in Australia so Dude, don't we all? I think, you know what? I think the closest we've got to it is Spherophobia. Oh, man, I'm just like, give me fucking Hellfest every Mm, year, mm. like, at Halloween. Just give it to me. I would live there. Dude, I I experienced the magic of Spherophobia a couple of, uh, about four years ago. Um... Yeah, Dark Cell got hired to play the fucking closing night every night, nice. which was so cool, dude. But man, it was like old school haunt attractions. You know, there was the zombie haunted house, there was the dark ride, you know, old yeah. school ghost train. Uh, just so many cool components to it. And this movie brought back all that excitement for me. I, I was so happy to see a movie about a horror-themed amusement park complete with serial killer, complete with fucking the teen uh, the teen kids getting pissed uh, off one by one. Dude, it's great. This movie, this movie is so fucking great. And apparently one of the reasons why, because this was I, – I, I listened to a podcast um, last year, year before, with the writer or one of yeah. the writers. And um, this was supposed to kick off a whole new franchise, and it just didn't because – some rocket scientist in their infinite wisdom decided to release it like a week or two before Halloween 2018. So by the time any word of mouth had built up about this movie, it was out of theaters because no one was going to see it because everyone was just like, well, there's a proper Michael Myers Halloween movie coming out. So why do I want to see this other thing? And so it just fucking killed it, man, which is really sad because this is, is such sad. a great movie and I would have loved to have seen lots more from this mm. franchise. Like, I think I think that's the appeal of it. I mean, whilst the movie is not relatively that old, it was released in two, uh, 2018. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's not the most um, <clears throat> technical, you know, efficient movie of all time, but... There are so many cool components that make it very unique and special. And well, and it's it's one of those movies where for me it kind of feels a little bit like Scream, the yeah. original Scream, in the sense that it's fun and you really like the characters. Like Can I yeah, can I just add to that real quick? Um, the characters when you mention that? Dude, one thing that impressed me was the 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 kids uh, in the movie, the teens, the teen victims and that, they were great. They weren't like B-grade shit actors. Yeah, they were good. They, they were really good. They were well-written, fun yeah. characters. Yeah, I, and, I was um, so happy with it. You know, you actually really liked them, like as characters. Mm. Like, they, you, you really the likable liked, characters. Like, you know, you, you didn't want to see them die. Like, you know, when you get to some of the deaths, like, you know, the, the sledgehammer one in particular, you oh, that was so come good. on. Yeah. Like, it kind, of, it kind of breaks your heart to see them get killed because it's like, you know, and I think the problem with a lot of, not a lot of modern horror, but some modern horror is that the victim characters, the teens, are just kind of unlikable douchebags. They're kind of just They're throwaway like, characters. 
Well, yeah, you know, they're the, there's always like the perennially fucking unimpressed, you know, kid yeah. that's just, oh, really? When the slasher comes up to them yeah. or something. Yeah. And you're just going, oh, you're a douchebag. I don't like you. I don't even care if you get killed. But, Whereas with Hellfest, you did actually really like all the characters. Yeah. And they were fun to spend time with. It was cool. And, you know, what's great about it is it's like this group of teen friends. Uh, and two of them uh, match together like a, almost like a blind date of sorts. And you kind of, you, it's not even cringeworthy. You kind of watch it and you go, oh, wow, I re- really like these two and I want to see them get together. And, yeah. they, you know, it happens and the, the sparks fly. But uh, along the way, you know, uh, we, you know, spoiler alert, but the poor, the the guy that's uh, you know trying to woo the girl, he the poor bastard has such a hard time with ring toss. He absolutely sucks at it, <laughs> and uh, he goes back to try and redeem himself and get the prize for the girl, and even tries to bribe the dude and fucking, you know, not it doesn't happen, and uh, yeah, just yeah, he the his um, demise is quite uh, sad and horrific in many ways. But yeah, it's such a cool it's, ending. It's kind of like you're like. I mean, you know, the kills in it are really cool, but oh, like, dude. Kind of going, you, you you feel for the dudes when they like when they bite it. Like it's like, yeah, oh, man, come on, really. But the one of the things that I really love about this movie too is that it it, it feels like you're hanging out with a group of friends because they are excited to be like they're all into horror. Yeah. And they're excited to be at this theme park and you're kind of watching it like I was watching it. Like the first time I saw it, like I watched mm. it. And I was just like, I grabbed B the second he got home. I was like, dude, fucking sit down. You're watching this. This is yeah. so awesome. It's so us. And it's like, you're like, that's how I would be. If I was if I was at Hellfest, I would be so fucking psyched and excited like these kids are. Like, Fuck no, dude. You know, it's, it's, it's like really when they, cool. When they go to the Deadlands and stuff and they're just so pumped about it. It's yeah. like the, the pinnacle of their experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and even the part where Tony Todd is finally revealed, um, I love how fucking all, cool was uh, that. It was fucking great, dude. Um, just so I don't know, just such a cool moment. And but it was cool having his voice consistent throughout the whole film. Yeah. Um I, I was really impressed with that. And yeah, no, it was fucking rad, man. Like it was so much fun. Yeah. And it was and and the killer himself, like, is fucking cool like um i love I mean, that i mean dude that ending that end yeah, reveal oh, is did like not expect that wow like yeah, it was like that was original in so many ways i was just yeah. like wow this is um this is a new one i like yeah that. yeah and it's just and that that's for me it's just like oh it's such a shame we didn't get sequels because like yeah yeah but, I, I so wanted sequels, man. Yeah, but it, it kind of, I don't know, it was, it, it's quite an interesting introduction to a different kind of serial killer of sorts. Like, I mean, he, he doesn't look anything, you know, revolutionary or re- refreshing to well, say yeah, the least. I, I but... feel like, you know, if he, if he had a more iconic outfit or costume i feel mm. like maybe the movie would have done a bit better yeah and i mean the cost the costume works as part of the story that's the cool thing well the other thing too is that the um 
Tony Gardner, the designer of the ghost face mask from Scream and um, Happy Death Day um, creator, um, he created the mask for the other, which yeah. um, which is kind of cool. Like it's it's simple, um, but it's very effective. And I, I, I liked it. Like yeah. there was a lot to like about that mask. It was really yeah. cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that that's the whole thing. Like it, and it it totally works as part of the story. Um, and I, I just this really felt to me like the first great slasher film that we've had since Scream. I agree. It like, um, it really in, in terms yeah. of like bringing in a new concept, a new slasher, um, and being original and fun and like yeah, I, I really feel like this could have gone on to have been one of the big ones. And it really just deserves to be seen by way more people. Yeah, I, I agree. It was, um, you know, it, it's just one of the movies where, like you say, the characters, they're developed well to a likable level and then they get picked off one by one. And yeah. the way they get picked off is just so gruesome. I, I love the kills. The kills are great. Um, well, and even, yeah. even the tension, man, like some of the ten- – like the, that bathroom scene – yeah, it was um, sick. You know, the, the photo booth scene. It's like there's so many tense scenes in there where you're like, whoa. And, like, you know, e- even, like, right up to the point, like, you know, it, it, the, the movie hits the halfway mark before these kids even really know that this guy's after them. Yeah. Like, it's sort of like, you know, okay, there's been a few, like, weird little moments and instances where they sort of pass it off as, like, okay, this is all part of the theme park. But then yeah. – you know, there's there's a lot of tension in there that's really well done. And, I mean, especially, like, that scene in the reform school where the first kill in Hellfest happens. Yeah, With that, that, that unknown girl. That was so well done, man. Like, yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, um, to back you up on what you were saying about the wish for sequels, and, you know, it was all set in stone that they were going to have sequels come out. Uh, it was The thing was to have it out every Halloween, you know, like yeah. a... Uh, which I thought was ingenious, but um, to back you up, man, like that would have been really cool to develop a backstory of, of her character, uh, you know, in a, say a prequel format, you know, like how did that all come to be? You know, how did she get stalked? All that sort of thing. I thought that was, yeah. I I, I mean, and I love, I love the mythology of it too, because it's like, you know, when you really sort of sit and think about it, it's like, how long has the other been doing this? Well, and that's how the long question, will yeah. he continue to do it? And you know, you don't know anything about him. Like, there's there's no, no backstory until right, right until the end, where you get that little hint of like who he is and yeah. everything, and you know what he's about. Well, to it's add like, to, sorry, um, to add what you're saying is when he gets home and yeah, opens that cabinet with all the other masks in it. Yeah, and all the other trophies and stuff as well. Yeah, like, so. You know, you, you really that questions. Yeah, you really get a feeling that this guy's been doing this for years and, you know, next year he'll go out and do it again. And it's like, fuck, that is so cool. Like, that is such a great, nifty little concept. Like, mm. and it's it's original too because it's, it's not like Michael where it's like it's this one guy that's, you yeah. know, chasing this one chick. It's not like Ghostface where there's like some sort of intricate, plan as to why they're doing this it's just like this guy goes out at halloween goes to a theme park and kills a bunch of people and brings home trophies yeah 
and that's all that's all we know and that's and he's got all these different masks that he uses each year and it's like that's fucking cool as fuck like but he's so methodical as well like the way he blends in into the theme parks the way he just moves freely Mm. amongst all the other horror characters is fucking yeah yeah and it's just it's such a great fucking like i would i would in a perfect world man there would be a new one of these every halloween that i could go and see at the cinema yeah because i would so be there for that like it's and everyone i've shown this to loves it like everyone i'm just like you've got to watch hellfest you've got to watch hellfest yeah i think uh you know it's like i think that burning desire to have sequels is so is what makes this movie uh have a life of its own in the sense of it it's a it's a cult classic Oh, absolutely, man. Because yeah. it's like it's it's one of those things where it's like you watch it and you just want more. And the fact that you know you're not going to get more, unfortunately, mm. makes it all the more special. Yeah, and it sort of adds to the mystique and the mythology of the whole thing. It's like you you have all these questions, like, oh, what's this guy's backstory, and how yeah. long has he been killing for, and what happened to the girl, the the first victim? It's like all those questions are there, but they'll never be answered, and that's yeah. the beauty of it. It, it, I mean, for me, like this movie just feels like this feels like it would have been such a great video store discovery. Like oh, if you had found you? this, but dude, like it's just one of those movies where it's like if you had found this at a video store just randomly, you would take it home, you would watch it, and then you would just be like calling all your friends and being like, "Dude, you gotta watch this!" Like. Mm. It w- it would just become a staple of like your weekly rentals to show your mates over beer and oh. pizza on Saturday night, you know. Bring those days back. Oh man, I, right? we've talked about <laughs> this before. Like, I mean, it, you know, people today don't understand. I mean, and yeah, it, it kind of sounds like old man sitting in the rocking chair talk, but it's like, dude, it, it was fucking rad. Like, you would do it's exactly so that, awesome, and, yeah, and you yeah. just. You would spend quality time in the horror section just looking at all the amazing covers well, and then picking that one. Or and two there, was, or three. there was so many movies, like, because we, we talk about this all the time. Like, I talk about yeah. this all the time with like my partners and stuff like that. It's like, you know, because it's like we're, we're sort of all of the video store generation. It's like there were so many movies you would discover. It's like, you know, you would, like Lost Boys, Clerks, Reservoir Dogs, mm-hmm. Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, fucking Monster Squad, Near Dark, like, so many great trick or treat like so many great movies that you would just randomly discover and then you would just spread it like fucking coronavirus throughout your friends like dude have you seen this you've got to fucking watch it it's absolutely awesome and yeah it just you know and those movies would just become staples of like your renting experience it's like yeah i'll get this new thing i'll get this new thing it's like fuck you i'm watching fucking lost boys again this week like you know yeah that's that's so true and like i don't know i feel like there's a lot of nostalgia coming back there's that's being celebrated every year with you know like especially in the states God, we're in the wrong country. But like Slashback <laughs> Video. I don't oh, know dude, you, it's you fucking know. just like I would live at Slashback. Like, they I would, know, yeah, right? They and, would, I would have a restraining order out on me from Slashback Video because it's just it, like, I'd just be like, guys, I'm living here. Sorry, I'm moving in. It's such a cool idea. Like, <laughs> I, I don't understand. Like, well, I, 
if if we had the budget, it would be so cool to do something like that. Have a pop up video store um, that just totally celebrates that whole thing that we love, and and it just I don't know. Like you see pictures of Slashback Video and like Eli Ross turning up and Mick Garris and all these great writers and directors. Yeah, because it's the magic, man. It's the Disneyland of horror for us. It's you know, it's the sort of thing that. You know, you, you don't get that from a streaming service. Well, and I mean, that's the thing, man. It's like, you know, you, you feel like people like Mick Garris and stuff like that, you know, it, even Eli Roth, it's like video made their careers because it's like, yeah. you know, there, there was so much stuff where it's like, okay, like, you know, a lot of Mick Garris's stuff, like, and I, I fucking love Mick Garris to death. Yes, I think he's fantastic. He's, I love his podcast. It's so oh, good. dude, it's such a great, isn't it great? Like, yeah. I, I fucking adore that dude. And he's really nice too because I've tweeted, I have tweeted at him a lot of times. Really? Because, yeah, man. Well, I know for a fact that because one of my favorite Stephen King adaptions is Riding the Bullet, and I fucking adore nice. that movie. Nice. And I know for a fact that got really slammed and I know that it's a very dear movie to him because he made it after I believe his mum or his dad died yeah and it was kind of a tribute to them and I actually tweeted to him after he was talking about it on his podcast and I was just like hey Mick look man for the record I love riding the bullet it's one of my absolute all-time favorite Stephen King adaptions and he sent me a thank you and retweeted it I'm just that's like, so cool you're so fucking nice like and such a cool guy and we've talked about this on previous episodes of rad where you know sometimes it's nice to just get a simple little thank you from a person that you appreciate and yeah they retweet your your happiness I think that's fucking cool yeah man. and I, I I think it's cool because it's like you know and, and that movie means a lot to me as well like I really love that flick and you know knowing how much of his heart and soul he put into it it's like yeah I always just like to you know if if I hear a story like that and it's like well yeah that that flick or that song or that comic or something means a lot to me as well i always just like to give the creator like uh, hey dude you know what man like it fucking touched me as well yeah. so thank you for it because i would like that you know yeah. if I, as, as as a creative person it's like i would like knowing that something i put out into the world that meant something to me meant something to someone else as well so yeah i i always just like to do that sort of shit i think it's right i i love it i i think it's uh it's such a beautiful thing. It's, um, you know, I, I've, yeah, I've been privileged to do it countless times with music, um, with people that write and, you know, profess their love of particular songs or concerts, yeah. whatever that I've done. And it's, it's really, it, it's a beautiful moment to share that connection with people like goes beyond just listening to the music it's like you have that connection with the the creator yeah, man well that's and that's the it's thing. good yeah i just i feel like artistically it's like it's cool to know that you've put something out that yeah. was like something important to you that has connected to and become something important to totally. someone else like i think totally. that's really fucking cool yeah i think so and yeah too. that's that's you know that's also part of the reason why i just i spread hellfest around as much as i can Dude, I, just think I think you're doing a great thing i think it's so much fun man and like yeah it's cool because like it, there's so many little things about this film that just 
uh yeah there's just i don't know there's so much to love about it like the the little plush toys even that that yeah. um poor gav tries to win for you know the, the girl he's trying to impress and ends up being you know a toy that the the other takes home to his daughter it's like yeah dude that's so cool and there's um i was reading in the notes um some of the masks or one of the masks is a nod to um uh, the faces in the Twilight episode, uh, Twilight Zone episode, I uh, the Beholder. Um, I yeah, I saw that, which is cool. Yeah, and and like I don't know, like you said about the trophies with the photos. Um, that was one of the creepiest moments in the film when you know you can see the sparks fly, the romance is in full bloom, they're happy, the the moment is about to happen, and he is slowly starting to make his way to the photos and take yeah. the photo. I mean, well, that is just that, creepy as fuck. I mean, and that's, that's, again, man, it comes back to, like, you really care about these kids. Like, you, yeah. you like spending time with them. You you want to see those two get together. Like, yeah. you know, you, you don't want to see them get killed. And I think that's kind of the great thing about it is that like, you know, it's a horror film, you know, it's a slasher film, you know, some of them are going to die. And it's like, you kind of don't want any of them to die because they're all likable. Like there's no, there's no asshole jock. There's no, you know, dweeby nerd. There's no, like so many, so many slasher films, like you get a group of characters that are like your victim characters Mm. And you're just going, there is no way these people would hang out in real life. No, their characters are so disconnected. Yeah, they don't seem like they even like each other. So why why are they hanging out? But the cool thing with Hellfest is that, like, it's sort of like Scream where you you get it. Like, you get that, like, this is a group of friends, like... These, these guys, you can tell and see that, yeah, they would hang out in real life. They they like horror. They go to yeah. uni together or whatever. Like, you know, they're, they're It's buds. believable. Yeah. It's, and, and that's the thing. Like, I think where this movie excels above a lot of other slasher-style films is the fact that, that there is a genuine connection between the characters in the film. Yeah. Like, they, they're actually cohesive. And so, you know, when you see them get killed, it's kind of like, oh, no. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, yeah and, and that's a very rare quality in a horror film. Oh, man. man, yeah. Well, especially modern horror, because it feels like modern horror, like a lot of, you know, like the last maybe 20 years or so, there's been a few exceptions, don't get me wrong, but yeah. it feels like, you know, the art of writing characters, like, you know, you, you go back to like the Elm Street movies and yeah. it's like the first Elm Street, it's like, yep, these guys are friends. I get it. You know, I, I, I get that, you know, they're all buds like, you know, and then you get to like Dream Warriors and um, Dream Master, especially. It's like mm. such a great group of characters. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, Hellfest really brings that sort of style of characterization for the victims back. Cause I feel, I feel like we sort of got a bit lost there where it's like, you know, people decided like, no, the slash is the star who gives a fuck about the victims, like make the slasher the star. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and as much as I love Friday the 13th, it's very guilty of it. Um, especially in the later entries. 
yeah. um you know it's like no jason's the star everyone wants to see jason and yeah everyone does want to see jason but it doesn't hurt if i like the characters that jason is you know putting his machete into yeah. um but yeah i just feel like hellfest really brought it back and that the biggest takeaway for me with this movie is it is fun it is such a good time watching it yeah i i loved it and there's so many creepy little nods in there that i i really adored about the character the elder um yeah especially the little little tune that he hums like uh pop goes the weasel yeah fucking love that i was like oh big tick to the director on this one this is good yeah, yeah. Very just, even, even little moments like i love that scene where he just steals the ice pick yes it was great like, uh, it's like it's such a little thing but it's mm. like oh that's cool like that's you know and it just it, it for me it adds so much like proficiency and like skill to the character yeah. it's like he is not just some random psycho that's just doing this for kicks it's like this guy's done this shit before and he's yeah. really good at it and that's really kind of scary he's kind of like the macgyver of serial killers like he just yeah. he utilizes the objects around him and uses to his advantage to just create these gruesome murders and yeah so masterfully done and, um, and the fact that he doesn't speak yeah. is really like and, and that's the thing it's not to. like it's not like with michael or something where it's like well is this guy even capable of speech or is he that no. far gone like with the other it's like you know he probably can and he's just super fucking creepy and doesn't because yeah like it's like he's almost getting off on the fear of you know especially that scene with gavin before yeah. the before the infamous sledgehammer thing it's just like dude like you know like where he's just standing there and just blocking him every time he tries to get away it's like yeah that's fucking creepy man it was like, I feel like I feel like with this movie, there's a certain parallel with The Purge, which I fucking love. The Purge. I oh, do. Um, yeah, we we got a big ass Purge podcast coming up. Yeah, point, I, fucking, I love that series. To yeah, but would you agree with me in saying that um, there is with the other? I feel like he's, you know, again, spoiler alert. We find out that you know he's a loving dad, or we like to think so. And yeah. I, we feel like he's doing this on Halloween. So he's doing this at a particular time of the year. So it's not like he's doing this as a daily ritual. This is like a specific, specific moment in time where he gets to just unleash his dark side. Yeah, very, very much. That's actually a really good point, dude. Like, I, that's I something that I picked that, up. But yeah. Yeah. I, well, that's the thing. I always thought like, yeah, okay, he, do, he goes and does this at Halloween. But the parallel to The Purge is actually a really fucking good point. Yeah, and I mean that in the most complimentary way. I think it's fucking, like, genius the way it was yeah. done. Um, and it's kind of an interesting twist for this, curio, uh, for this killer in the fact that, okay, he doesn't wear some flashy costume. He's you know, a very simple-looking guy um, wearing the hood but wearing the mask that is kind of fucked up looking. And he's just blended into this, this nightmare scenario and bringing his nightmares to life. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, he, he's very... Like, while, while the kills are gruesome, he's very restrained. Like, he's oh, very. not... 
He's not running around chasing people no. left, right, and center. He's very like, patient. He's he he picks his moment, and you know, like the the guillotine scene. Oh, know, that was like so Whoa. good. <laughs> I like um, that because it wasn't like a clean kill. It took time, and he took yeah. the time to do it. It was good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like he's he's not running around like a raving psycho or no. anything like that. Like he's very direct he picks his moments like it's he's very restrained but like you know when he when he when he goes goes off he goes off um and yeah yeah, there's a certain brutality to what he does like Mm. um like it's not consistent in all these kills but there was particular moments when he you know with the sledgehammer with the guillotine he's patient he's methodical with how he does it but then that final strike is just delivered with such conviction yeah, and I, I feel like there's a subtle commentary in there as well on like you know the 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 people that are sort of unimpressed with horror because it's like you know that first girl that he kills at Hell yeah. in Reform School yeah where you know and and she's just watching him and she's just like oh just do it like you know yeah, it's like totally. this is so fake and it it feels like that's the moment where he locks in on her because it's like okay you're not scared at Halloween I'm gonna make you scared sort of thing. So it's it's kind of like you get the vibe that he's the kind of person that embraces Halloween, loves Halloween, but somewhere in his past he has been insulted by those who are not impressed yeah. or appreciate. So he's on this quest to, you know, rid the world of all those who oppose the magic hey, Jess, of Halloween. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not the other, okay? Are like, you sure? I, I don't know what you I don't know what you're driving at here, but I'm just I, putting it out there, bro. I, look, I haven't I, I haven't killed anyone yet. <laughs> that that you're going to admit. But look, <laughs> it's only March. It's only March. <laughs> I got some time. <laughs> maybe that's the maybe that's the big announcement on Saturday. <laughs> uh, but but um, let's talk about Tony Todd some more real quick. Um, were you happy with how they utilized Tony Todd in this film? Oh man, yeah. I look, I'm, I'm, I'm happy whenever Tony Todd shows up oh, in anything, oh, man. Hatch, yep. Hatchet, whatever. I'm, I'm, I love Tony Todd to death. I think he's fantastic, and yeah, having having his voice because I wasn't sure. I what the first time I saw, it, I wasn't sure whether he would actually make an appearance. I thought, oh, maybe he's just going to be the voice over the PA for the, the whole film. I was the same. And and when he shows up as like the ringmaster type role, I uh, was so fucking chuffed, man, because he was just great. Yeah, like and yeah, just such a great role for him. And yeah, like it just it just I feel like that just played to all his strengths and just delivered everything you know people would want to see. Like mm. you know, he doesn't have to be Candyman and everything, but it's no. like Tony. He just has such a presence to him and is just such a great dude. And well, he's, like, he's yeah. kind of a charismatic personality in real life as well. I mean, I, oh, absolutely. I'm so stoked. I got to meet the guy. I fucking spent time with him. And I, yeah, like, he is just such a warm character. But yeah. in this film, it's really cool because that, you know, you've probably, heard, like myself, have heard many interviews with him where he's a little bit more charismatic in person. And yeah. we get to see some of that in Hellfest. We get to see yeah. that through his ringleader character. 
Yeah, and like you know the way he engages Bex Taylor Klaus and stuff like yes, that. Yeah, and it's just it's such a fun back and forth between them because yeah, like I've listened to so many interviews with Tony Todd and he is such a great warm human to like listen to and hear speak and like mm. such a down to earth dude. Yeah, and yeah, it was so great to see like him. Basic, not it doesn't feel like he's playing himself, but like he's playing the role of an actor who's in a role and it feels very close to him, yeah. Um, in terms of like, okay, I'm I'm doing my thing where I'm up here giving a performance and you know, entertaining people, and that's what I do for a living anyway. So, this yeah. character isn't a hundred miles away from me, um, and yeah, I just really feel like it worked really well for him. Yeah, I think so too. And it's kind of interesting because, like, you know, when I first heard Tony Todd's name and this movie in the same sentence, um, like yourself, I was excited. I was like, fuck, holy shit, what are we going to see Tony Todd do in this film? Is he going to be, like, some main character? And you kind of forget all all about that when you start watching the film. You kind of go, oh, okay, this is interesting. And yeah going back to all the characters and that relationship and everything again man like that's the great thing about it is like it's not a film where you're you're waiting for the star to show up because you know you're kind of engaged with the story and the characters right from the jump um you know even that small little bit at the start where it's like his first kill at the other halloween um haunt and it's like, you know, like, oh, whoa, what's going on here? Like, whoa, yeah. what's, you know, and then, yeah, you know, you get into it. And, um, yeah, dude, it's just like, you know, you like you said, you, you sort of stop waiting for Tony Todd to show up because you're so on board with everyone else. That's right. And when it happens, it's like, oh, cool. This is kind of like sprinkles on top. It's Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just adds to the excitement. And I think, you know, overall, this film, like, it's not made on the biggest budget. I think it was like $5 million or something like that. Yeah. Um, which, you know, in today's standards is chump change. But uh, it it, it uh, generated a modest, uh, I think it was $11.8 million at the box office or worldwide, whatever. Yeah. So, but I think overall the, the film kicks a massive goal. Uh, it just, I don't know, it just takes that nod to all, the, all your favourite slasher film um moments but just adds a new dimension to a already beloved formula yeah well it it feels to me this movie really feels like a great blend of 80s slasher and 90s slasher because it feels like you know it's got that that great concept of like you know yeah the halloween attraction thing um, like the, the Halloween theme park yeah. that, you know, feels like something that an 80s slasher film would do. It's like, okay, we've got this big concept. We're going to do a slasher movie in this this setting. Mm. Um, but then it's it's got like, you know, the hot young cast and all that sort of stuff that, you know, a lot of 90s slashers had. And it really feels like the kind of, you know, like an I Know What You Did Last Summer or something like that, like that kind of middle yeah. of the road you know, horror film that doesn't really get made anymore because it's like, okay, it's not massively, it's not a massive blockbuster budget, but it's not, you know, B grade, like 
fucking down on the ground sharknado yeah. kind yeah. of like we made this on five cents and you know a macintosh computer that could do the visual effects yeah kind of shit it's like that mid-range kind of really good comforting fun horror movie that you would go see at the movies on friday night with your buds or hire out from the video store or something like that yeah and I, I don't know, man, that just gives me a fucking warm and fuzzy because it's like you don't see a lot of those sort of movies anymore, which I think no. is a real shame. Well, uh, you know, one can be optimistic and and hope that we will see, you know, some you know, new little creations in the future. And, there, yeah, there's a few little gems coming out here and there, but I think this one's a, a real standout for the modern time. Uh, absolutely, man. I, I, I honestly, like, for me, this is one of the best horror movies of yeah. the last probably 20 years, I would Agreed. say. Agreed. Like, this is this is a definite top 10 for me, yeah, like, of, of the last couple of decades. I would, I would agree, too. And what I love about it is just the, yeah, the homage to all those great Halloween amusement park attractions that, um, you know, the closest things we have here is really realistically ferrophobia um and dare i say if you go to movie world for fright nights but um yeah like uh, over in the states there's just a plethora of things like not scary farm and uh, oh yeah you know I, i've done the halloween i've actually experienced halloween horror nights at universal yeah i was just gonna say that the universal horror nights are you know they're dude, big. dude it's so good it's like you know crazy characters everywhere um you would have loved, actually, there was one tunnel I, that I went through that was um, all killer clown themed. So there were killer clowns just <laughs> running at you with chainsaws. And uh, I was just like, oh, I'm in Disneyland. <laughs> you know? But, uh, man, it, it, it really is. Like, you experience that firsthand and then you watch a film like this and you go, oh, thank you. Uh, it yeah. just brings, it really does bring those warm and fuzzies to you. Yeah, man, it just, like I said, the, the, the biggest compliment, like, I, I love a film that's a good time. Like, yeah. I love, like, especially, like, you know, we, we have a bit of a tradition, like, in uh, Spoopy House here where it's, like, if we've had a really shitty week, Sunday night we will always watch a horror movie that ends on a bit of an up note, whether it's Scream or Fright Night or The Lost Boys or something like that. And any horror movie that is a fun time to watch that ends on a bit of an upbeat note or something like that. And I mean, okay, Hellfest doesn't end on a massively upbeat note, but it's it, it's not a downer ending. It's like a whoa ending. Yeah. And for me, Hellfest fits right in with those because it is just so much fun. And I love... I love a horror movie that's fun. Like I, I love really disturbing, fucked up shit. I love stuff that's creepy, you yep. know. But sometimes it's just great to watch a fun horror movie that's like you know, you're hanging out with a great bunch of people. It leaves you feeling like you know, it's it's that feeling of like you know when you leave the cinema and you've just like watched say fucking Scream or something like that. You walk out and it's just like, fuck, that was such a good time. Let's go fucking get a beer or some Maccas or something and, mm -hmm. you know, sit down and talk about like how fucking cool that part was or yeah. how great that soundtrack was or, you know, oh my God, like, you know, what did you think of this? And 
I don't know, man. There's just something great about a fun horror movie, and that's what Hellfest is. It is such a fucking good time. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't agree more, man. I think, you know, we've covered so many good aspects about this film that hopefully people will, regardless of the spoilers we've delivered, will go and still watch it just out of principle. You know? uh, yeah, please, please, guys. If you are listening to this, go and find a copy of Hellfest. I know it's available at JB Hi-Fi, really cheap on DVD. I know this because I brought a shit ton of them a few months ago to and set does, and, yeah. and out at Halloween. And don't let um, the price tag fool you, man. It's it's a fucking quality film. Yeah, it's it's really good. Like it is not cheaply made. It's not dodgy. It's not B grade. Like no. the the camera work is great. The, the gore is like, good. The sets and locations are spectacular. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the cast are fantastic. Like it's such a great fun flick. Um, and it's got know, Tony if, Todd. Yeah, and you know, if you if you if you are too cheap, like you know, just rock around to my place around Halloween. You'll get a boo bag with a copy in it. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, we got to talk. We got we got to talk about the shed as well at some point, dude. Which oh, is dude, one of the other ones on. I sent you. It's yeah. on. It's on, man. But uh, oh man, th- th- I think this is a great start to a new chapter. Oh uh, yeah, I'm 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 really chuffed that we we got to kick off Freaky Friday with this one because it's yeah. yeah I've I've wanted to talk about this this movie and sing its praises for quite some time. Absolutely, and you know, as, as time goes on and we make uh, our social media platform more and more accessible, you know, it'd be great to you know get some feedback from people as to what movies they want us to talk about, you know, um, and yeah, like I I. Much like the freaky flicks, I dare say that you and me will de- take deep dives into movies that, you know, some rare gems that people probably haven't heard of. Yeah, well, that's the thing, man. Like, there's a, there's a lot of great stuff out there that I would love for us to chat about. Like, uh, We Summon the Darkness is another great horror movie that I feel is really underappreciated. Yeah, and another, absolutely. And, and also another great horror heavy metal movie that... Uh, you know, and you know we love talking about those. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there's there's a lot of great stuff out there that I feel has slipped under a lot of people's radars. That um, I, I feel a personal mission, especially with horror, Absolutely. to um, bring to people's attention. Absolutely, and uh, you know, and in a, another rock and roll horror movie that kind of flew under the radar, um, and probably you know is worthy of a reboot of sorts, Vampirella. Oh uh, god, man! I have not seen that for so fucking long. Oh, uh, um, dude, I'm gonna go back because we we have to do an episode about that because the rock and roll being Roger Daltrey from the that's boot, right? Yeah, you know, I, I'm just like, dude, how the fuck did you convince Roger Daltrey to fucking <laughs> be in a movie like this? It's like, oh well, we want you to be the lead bad guy. Oh sweet, I'll do it. Because I think didn't. If I remember correctly, didn't Vampirella come out around the same time as Razorblade Smile? Uh, potentially. It was like, a, I think it was like an early 90s uh, film. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was like great in theory, execution, not so great. But, yeah, because yeah. I remember both of those being out around the same time because I, I remember... I was buying Total Film magazine back then, and right. it was from the UK. 
Yeah. And there were a lot of movies reviewed and advertised to buy in there that didn't come out over here. And like Razorblade Smile was one of them. And I think I got given or tracked down an import of it right. at some point and watched it and was just like, oh, this was <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to be kind. Razorblade Smile was kind of shit. It was entertaining, <laughs> but it was kind of shit. Um, oh, like, it was like, you know, oh, vampire assassin thing and like some really, really bad see, acting. And some... See, there, there's an episode for us to talk about that just coming to a conclusion of shittest, you know, create a list of the top five shittest horror films out there that people should not watch. Well, you know what's really wacky is that I, this weekend, just gone because it was St. Paddy's Day. B decided we were doing a leprechaun marathon. I saw you did that. Dude, We because uh, I have I had only seen, I'd seen the original, I'd seen bits of Leprechaun 2 and 3, and I'd seen bits of Leprechaun in space. Right. Um, so we, we, went, we went through the whole gamut. We did all six, and then we did Leprechaun Origins. Oh, Leprechaun Origins. Oh, dude, Leprechaun Origins, we didn't even finish because fuck me, that movie was bad. Oh. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, no no Warwick Davis. Just It's the Hellraiser revelations of oh. the Leprechaun franchise. Oh. I and- really fucking enjoyed the Leprechaun movies, man. Like, <laughs> like once, I feel like they're, they're the kind of movies where it's like once you know how to watch them and go, okay, these are horror comedies, they're really fun. Leprechaun in space is like there was some fucking serious drugs being used on that movie because it's like it's like the dodgiest sci-fi movie with this actor that's doing a really bad Stallone impression, oh, and they've oh. just like thrown the fucking leprechaun into it. Dude, <laughs> and it's like because oh. I mean it came it came out around that that great time where everyone was like, hey, let's put. Pinhead in space. Let's put Jason in space. Let's. I was put about to fucking... ask. Is that yeah? It, it seemed like it was a trend. Like, what's the yeah. most outrageous thing we can do? Oh, let's put our fucking icon uh, icons of horror in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I look. I I think it worked for Hellraiser. I love Jason X. Leprechaun yeah, was a little okay. What are you doing? But man, Leprechaun in the hood with Ice T is. Fucking great! Like it is With a really ice tea? yeah, dude. Ice tea, like ice tea fights the leprechaun. It's fucking brilliant. Dude. Like it's so nuts and fun. And yeah, like uh, I'm, I'm, I was a little dubious going in because I'm just like, oh, it's the leprechaun. Like yeah, I every time I think of it, all I can think of is Wayne's World and the leprechaun. Oh. <laughs> No, <laughs> and like you know, Garth freaking out, but um, yeah, man, it, they were really fun. Like, is that um, is that like a is that like a little teaser to uh, our upcoming rad episode? It, it it could very well could be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, had, Garth, you're here. Had, you're in a forest. I had to work we, that in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're in a forest with Kevin Locklear. <laughs> Oh, this both blows I'm and the, sucks. I'm the leprechaun. Oh, dude. Oh, Jake, it's been great. It has been great. It has it been. Has it's it's been a good first first episode. Freaky, freaky Friday Friday awesomeness and uh, rad. Of course, just around the corner. 
um, shit, man, life's good. And and we're live in person this Saturday at Oz Comic Con Brisbane. Dude, yes, we are. Dude, literally, yes. it, it's our first time live together in person. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm pumped. Yeah, Let's I, get I'm, it. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, You're shitting yourself. I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously, cautiously, cautiously worried. Like you know, could could can one room contain this much awesomeness? Well, that is the great question. And um, also, how much trouble are we going to get into? Like, there is potential for disaster. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm I, I got to be honest. I'm kind of like, am, am I going to need bail money? <laughs> it, it could be on the cards, man. I mean, we are, we are going out for drinks after after the show. So, you know. <laughs> what can possibly go wrong? Yeah, I, oh, I, I got, you know. I got told today, it's like, you know, oh, yeah, we're going out for dinner and drinks afterwards. I'm like, oh, really? Cool. Like, no one told me, but okay, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, boss. <laughs> oh, it's going to be great. Cool, man. Well, um, dude, let's wrap it up there. It's been, yep. it's been fucking great. And, uh, yeah, let the rad times roll into Saturday morning. Indeed. With, with rad. And, um, yeah, I'm fun. We're going to talk about, um, I hope, oh, I, I kind of prefaced that I warned you we were going to talk about Wayne's World and Beavis and Butthead. Well, we've been we've been going to do Beavis and Butthead for like ever and a day. So hey, can I can I can I add a rock and roll request into the mix as well? Yeah, that ties course. in around the same time because uh, what triggered it with, for me was funny enough they're in the Wayne's World soundtrack, but I was reading uh, a comic. I picked up something from the Dollar Bargain bin, um, Timberwolf. And it was great. It was fucking rad. And I was saw, an... I saw that man because I, I, I used to read that. I, I had that Timberwolf miniseries back in the day, and I fucking great. loved it. It's yeah, great. It was I, so good. I've got issue one and two, and I've, you know, for a character from the Legion of Superheroes, which is not one of my most favorite comic book series, but I like Timberwolf, and I like him a lot in this comic book. I always liked Timberwolf, but I really liked when they made him full on werewolfy. Like Dude, it was so cool. Like, it was yeah. so well done. And like, the rage I, I like, is good. Yeah, I like I like the Legion, but it's like I really kind of only like Ultra Boy, Wildfire, and Timberwolf. Yes. It's like yeah. the only three yeah. characters I really like. Yeah, so I'm, it's I'm, like, mm. I'm the same. Dude, I'm the exact <laughs> same. I love characters. And what I, what I loved reading this comic book was like not only the the nostalgic smell of the paper of that era, mm. but also the um the all the advertisements. And one was a full page ad for Ugly Kid Joe's America's Least Wanted. Yep. And I was like, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, my heart. So oh, dude, I remember yeah. like back in the days, like because I, I was explaining this to B, where it was yep. like. Back in the day, like there would be so many music advertisements and movies, right? Like, in comics, like you know, the back the back cover of like DC would be like an ad for Natural Born Killers or California or something like that. Because you know, Warner remember Bros. there owned used them. to be uh, the ad. Uh, the, there was a campaign a while for uh, back in the day for a while for Stabbing Westwood's um, Darkest Days. Yep, yep, yep. And I was like, I, what is this artwork? This is great. Yeah, dude, I can even go back further because um, I was flicking through my original run of Starman from the 90s, the oh. Jack Knight series from like nine, like post-Zero Hour. Nice, nice. And there was an ad in there for the Downward Spiral. Oh, <laughs> like, 
and it's just like fuck. Like I remember seeing ads for like typo negatives, bloody kisses, and stuff like, uh, in the comics. Like, see, this is what's missing. Such a good this time. Yeah. See, uh, I feel like it's a. It was a glorious time to be alive, and yeah, I was, dude. Because you like you, you know, you'd be reading your comics and you'd be seeing ads for all these CDs and just going, "Who the fuck are these guys? They look awesome." Yeah, and you connected or, like, this with it all. Rad. Like, yeah. you know, I'm gonna have to check this out. And yeah, like. I discovered so much cool music that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's definitely a white zombie talking in on the cards for us, man. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, hundred percent. Ah, dude, as always, man. We've just got we've got so much <laughs> cool shit, and yeah, we can. I, talk I feel shit. like they could pay us to like do this show every day. Well, if, yeah, man. Honestly, if anyone wants to, you know, gift us donations to do this more and more like you know we won't deny or argue about that we'll just be like thank you or you know i can just start dating a lot of older men i mean you know i'm morally flexible guys mate (laughs) saying we we you know we're open to ideas and um yeah man i think uh yeah i think this episode's good uh kick uh kickstart for us in the right direction and uh it's only as yaz said the only way is up Oh, baby, for you and me now. <laughs> I can't believe I remember the lyrics to that fucking song. God, dude, I literally have not heard that since like fucking 1988. Isn't it um, sad? Isn't it sad? I still remember the lyrics to that song. I, uh, my God, like, yeah, this is, I, I feel like, you know, that, that space that like I probably could have used to become a rocket scientist or something, but I've just used it to like remember obscure 80s songs lyrics. <laughs> It's funny. It's funny how the mind works like that. It's fucking great. And on that note, Jake Reedy is always a pleasure. Have yourself always a freaky did. Friday. I certainly it, shall. You too. And I will uh, be seeing you on stage. Damn straight. Very, and, very. Uh, in, in a few scant hours after this episode drops. So exciting. <laughs> cool, man. Stay Sweet rash, as Bob. And, I'll uh, talk to you soon. Freaky. All right, man. Always. Peace. Ladies. Haha, <laughs> another awesome episode in the bag. Hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun to do. And uh, Jake and me certainly love talking the shit. Uh, if you have any suggestions, hit us up on the Facebook. We do have a Facebook rad page. You'll find it. Just look for the pretty colors and all that jazz. But uh, the, again, those of you going to Oz Comic Con this weekend, you will find Jake Reedy and myself live in the flesh at the gaming and trivia stage from 3 p.m. We'll be part of a panel discussing the Bike Club and the Obscure Files. It's going to be cool. And a huge thanks to Oz Comic Con and Red Dragon Productions for having us on board. Uh, We love it. It's good fun. And it'd be great to meet some of you guys and uh, come up to us and say, you guys are rad. That's how we know you listen to the show. So uh, anyway, have yourselves a great weekend and uh, enjoy my Barry White voice. And uh, yeah, man, we'll see you next week. No doubt we've got some more fun coming your way. Till then, stay rad.